Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in a series that we've entitled Everyday Choices. Because you see, every day, God says, look, I'm going to give you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. I'm going to give you a choice that you can choose on a daily basis to determine how you want to live your life. And we've looked at whether we live by faith or fear or hope or hopelessness. And today, this one's really critical. This one's really at the heart of Christianity. We're going to look at whether you're going to live a life of interdependence or independence. You see, you and I live in a day and time when everybody values independence. I want to be independent. You grow up and you say, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. From a teenager, you get to that place where I'm glad I can get out. I'm glad I can do on my own, do my own thing, be my own thing. And then you go through life trying to be independent. And then you get towards the end of life and find out you got to be dependent on somebody else. And you don't want to be dependent on somebody else. You still want to be independent, don't you? And so you and I have to understand that our independence, our isolation creates problems for us. That when we live a life that says, I value me being on my own more than anything else, I create a problem. Because I I just don't want anybody to know I'm a private person. You know, I, I don't want people to know my business. I don't want people to get too close to me. It's embarrassing if they find out everything. And, you know, if someone's around me, they're just not going to understand what I'm like. And, you know, I'm just afraid of what's going to happen if I don't control things, if I don't take care of myself, and if if I'm not on my own. And so what happens is we try to be our own people and we drive other people away, don't we? Because we don't want to get too close. They could hurt me. You know, it might not work out. I just better take care of me. And I really don't need anybody. I can do this on my own. And we allow those subtle thoughts to creep into our lives. And then we wonder why things aren't going well. We wonder why no one's around. We wonder why we feel so all alone. We wonder why people don't uh, do what we think they should do. And all throughout life, we struggle to be independent, free, have our own way, do our own thing, be our own people. But then you come to Christ and suddenly he tells you, you know what? You don't get to live like that. And we go, really? But we still try, don't we? We still try to be on our own. Now, for some of you, you're thinking already, boy, why did I come this morning? I don't need to hear this. Yes, you do. Because what we're going to look at is how we need to be interdependent on one another. You see, interdependence adds protection and progression in our life. When I learn how to connect myself with other people, when I learn how to relate with other people, I am the one who benefits from it. Now, let me just say something to you, and I've probably said two or three times in the rest of the message. You do not exist on this planet for you. 
you exist on this planet for others. If you're a Christian, if you want to follow biblical theology, but yet we live in a culture that makes it all about us, don't we? We live in a day and time where it's just about me, what I want, what I can have, what I can do, how I can be on my own. And so we love independence. But you and I are called as Christians to be interdependent on one another because that will help us progress in our walk with God and protect us throughout life's journey. So let me just kind of bring to your attention some things. First of all, we are not called to live a solo life. Now, I've already been making that an issue, but I just want to drive it home some more. I am not called to live for me. When I wake up every morning, I have to make a decision. And one of those decisions is this one. Am I going to live today for me, getting what I want, doing what I want, going where I want, acting like I want, or am I going to live today for others? My call, right? So every day I make that choice. Now you see, you and I should be smart enough to know that God even told us this at the very beginning. Because it says, once he created man, before he had created woman, he looked at a man and he said these words, it is not good for you to be alone. It is not good, it is unhealthy for you just to exist for you. Now, there's been a lot of play on those words. A lot of men say, why not? And, you know, we've got all kinds of things. But you and I have to understand that from the beginning said, God from the beginning said, look, it's not healthy for you. I'm going to create someone to help you. I'm going to create somebody. Well, you know what? I, that, some help that is. But yet there it is. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he says in John chapter 13, I'm going to give you a new commandment. It's very simple. I just want you to love each other. And just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Oh, I love God. Well, good. And your love for one another, and you've heard this verse before, we've used it, I keep harping on it, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So that the world can watch you, and by the way you love each other, it will demonstrate to them what a Christian acts like. So right there, Jesus tells us, look, I didn't create you for you to just to serve me and think that's all you have to do. I want you to serve me by serving others. And I didn't create you to be alone in 1 John 3.10. We can tell the children of God are and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. You see, the fruit of my salvation is my relationship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, it's going to be a long morning. You know, 1 John 4, 12. No one's ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. 
On down a few verses in verse 20. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person's a liar. If we don't love the people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So that means that in order for me to love you, I kind of at some point have to be around you, don't I? It's easy to say, oh, I love them and never have to deal with them. You can love anyone from a distance. But when they get close, now it's a whole other story, isn't it? And yet we live in a society that says, look, just live for you. In fact, why don't you just kind of take life and just go through it and kind of put off all the commitments And don't make a commitment to this relationship or that relationship or any other relationship. And just kind of go and do your thing. And, you know, don't get tied down. Don't have to take on responsibility. After all, it's your life. You live it however you want and do whatever you want. Because it's yours. But once you accept Christ into your life, he comes in and he starts setting things in order And he starts making demands on you that you don't like and I don't like. And he says, you know what? Now that you're my follower, now that you're a part of my family, I made you so that you won't have to live life alone. I want you to be with others. You see, for the Christian... Loneliness should never be an issue because we got plenty of brothers and sisters. And people who are lonely are usually lonely by choice. They blame other people for it. But in all reality, it is usually their choice. So I have to understand and I have to believe and I have to accept the fact that God did not create me to live this life on my own. I am not called to live a solo life. God made me and created me telling me you need other people in your life. Got it? Didn't ask you if you liked it, just if you got it. Because it's a struggle for us. It's a hard thing for us. Now, let me even make it worse. Not only did God make me not to live alone, he also made me to live a life of submission. Oh, man. That I am called to serve other people that I don't get to be independent. Not only do I not get to be independent, hold on, I don't get to be in charge. I don't get to have my way. Where are you getting that from? Well, let's try Ephesians 5.21. It's a very simple verse. Farther. Submit to one another 
out of reverence for Christ. That I value the relationship so much that I don't have to have my way. And that I am willing to submit to my brothers and sisters so that we can get along because I value the relationship more than I value my independence. Because I was created not to live alone. And relationships, all of them demand give and take, don't they? And why are they so hard and so difficult? Because in a relationship, I don't always get my way. In fact, sometimes I think I don't ever get my way. And don't, you can laugh at me, but you felt the same way, haven't you? Yeah. It's just there. And God says, what's, it, well, what's God got to say about that? He goes, good. Because you know what? Here's what I've learned. If I always get my way, I self-destruct. I end up imploding because I get selfish. I look at things differently than I should. And so he says, look, I made you to be in a relationship with me and with other people. And it is not good for you to be alone. And that means you're going to have to be willing to submit in your relationship to other people. And you don't always get your way. And you don't always get to express your opinion. And you need to learn sometimes how to be quiet and just serve. I told you it's going to be a long day. Philippians 2.1, if there's any encouragement from belonging to Christ, if there's any comfort from his love, and if there's any fellowship together in the spirit, your heart's tender, compassionate, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Yeah, fat chance of that happening. See, the church is best when it agrees to walk together. It doesn't mean we all look at things the same way. It doesn't mean we all have the same opinion. It doesn't mean that my way is better than somebody else's. It simply means I am willing to do what it takes so that we, the body of Christ, can get along with each other. And I value us getting along more than I value me having my way. Loving one another working together with one mind, one purpose. Now that should be easy for us because we should have one mind. Our mind is we want to please God and we want to honor him. And we work together with one mind, pleasing God, honoring God, and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Uh, thinking of others as better, thinking of others before you think of you. I'm just pausing for effect. Look, don't look out only for your own interest. Take an interest in others too. And so he calls us to come to that place where he says, look, I've made you in life 
to work best when you're not alone. And so when you come into my family and you accept me, now you have brothers and sisters everywhere and you are part of a big family. And I want you to get along. And that means that you don't always have to try to be the top dog. You don't always have to have your way. You don't always get to demand what you want. You are willing to sacrifice. You are willing to submit. You are willing to do what it takes so that I can be honored and you can accomplish my purpose because I want you to work together so that the world will see how people can get along because we live in a country that can't get along. Unfortunately, too many times that's true of the church, isn't it? And why is it? You can't get along when you have your opinion and your opinion you think is right and it's the way I am and you either agree with me or I don't want nothing to do with you. Rather than setting your opinion aside for the good of the whole so that God can be honored and the world can see what it means to serve God. So, I live this life of submission. I'm willing to submit. I'm willing to come to that place where I do that. God says, look, if you'll do that, here's another reason why that needs to happen. He says, I am going to give you spiritual gifts. I'm going to give you abilities. I'm going to give you ways of doing things and ways of thinking. And I want to give them to you for the benefit of others. I'm not giving them to you for you. I'm giving them to you for somebody else. I'm going to give you the ability to serve. And I don't want you to serve just because you enjoy it or you get fulfillment out of it or because you think you're a great servant or because that's just the, you know, well, this is what, it's my gift. It's not your gift. It's our gift. Because he says, I'll give it to you, but it's not for you. It's for you to give to others. Just so you know, I'm not making this up. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He says, there's different kinds of spiritual gifts. The same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service. But we all serve the same Lord. Getting it? God works in different ways. But it's the same God who does the work in all of us. So the way he works in me is not going to be the way he works in you. And if you're not careful, you're going to look at the way you work, look at how somebody else works and point at them and go, boy, they're messed up. No, he works different in all of us. Have you ever noticed that God loves variety? Look at all the animals. Look at all the different kinds of people. Just in this room, none of us are the same. God loves that. But he expects all of us to get along. Verse 7, a spiritual gift 
is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. This makes for harmony among the members. It makes for harmony in the home so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So I am called to serve God by serving others. And he gives me abilities to do so that I can serve somebody else. I can go, you can go serve for a service in the nursery. And by doing that, you're serving parents who can come to a service. Well, I don't like kids. Well, you know what? Maybe it's time for you to grow up and change. And when you first get in there, they probably won't like you either. Or I can open a door for somebody. Give a smile and say, good to see you today. Well, I don't like being at the door. It's warm out there. Well, poor you. And see, when we get to these places, who do we think of when we're asked to serve? We think of me, don't we? We don't think of others. And yet the whole basis of Christianity is God says, look, I didn't make you to be alone. And I want you to be willing to submit and to serve other people. And in order for that to happen, I will even give you abilities so that you can do that for other people's benefits, not your own. We work together to reach others. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, full of love. Now, I have some parts of my body that don't work well. And you know who suffers from that? The other parts of my body. But the other parts of my body compensate for what doesn't work well. Because we're stuck with each other. And so I've got abilities to do things and I can do it without complaining, without griping, without saying, well, you need to be doing it this way. I need to submit in a manner that says, I can do this. Galatians 5.13. You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom. You've been called to be independent. You have a freedom. You can do what you want. But don't use it to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. For if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. 
So God comes along and says, you know what? I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to let you do this. I'm going to help you so that you can help others. Well, I want to be in charge. I want my way. I don't like the way this is done. Well, someone didn't respond to me and say thank you when I did something to them. And somebody didn't notice that I wasn't here for a week or two. And nobody called me and nobody told me. And you know what? I didn't get treated right. Of course you didn't. You're a servant. You're expected to serve. Well, how will I know when I have the heart of a servant? When you don't get offended by people. (laughs) You don't live for you. Well, but they did this to me. Well, you're called to love your brothers. Well, I did, but they did this. Well, if I remember right, in the definition of love, there's this little one character trait that says, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. So I would do that. I need others to strengthen my character. I need others to keep me on track. God is so wise. Why did he create us like this? Why did he say I've got to love? Because you know what? If you want to mature in your walk with God, you mature in your relationships with your brothers and sisters. Because you have to do things in relationships that require growing up, don't you? Because relationships are always work, aren't they? Hebrews says, look, here's how valuable it is. I want you to think of ways to motivate one another to works and acts of loves and good deeds, and I don't want you to neglect getting together. I want you to encourage one another, especially since the days are getting tough. You need to be together. Well, I don't need church today. Yes, you do. Well, I don't like the songs they sing. Get over it. Well, I don't like the messages. Sorry. Then come for the people, your brothers and sisters, who need you here. That's a good reason to come to church. You know that? That's what the writer says. You need it. Well, I'll be okay. I can serve God my own. You can, but you weren't created to. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, keep a humble attitude, don't repay evil for evil, don't retaliate with insults and people insult you. Instead, bless them, pray for them. Don't get offended by him. Don't say, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm never coming back again. Grow up. You see, it makes you grow up as a Christian, doesn't it? This is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies and turn away from evil and do good, search for peace, and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. You come to that place where you're willing to say, God, I need you. I need your help. 
for John 15, 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for their friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I have a, uh, a grandson. I, I know, you look at me and think, he's not old enough to be a grandpa. I, I know, I understand that. I'm not, you're right. And you know what? Uh, I'm getting tired of him. I have some ice cream. I'm enjoying it. He wants a bite. He takes it all. I sit there with open arms. He comes running towards me. And at the last minute, gets distracted and goes somewhere else. He hurt my feelings. He's got these little toys he likes playing with. I don't like playing with those toys. But yet he demands that I play with those toys. And I don't like that. I'm just not into that. But yet he insisted. And then when he does come to me, he doesn't come to me for me. He comes to me so that he can get to something else that I can take him to. And I've had it about up to here. He's dead to me. Oh, pastor, you'd never do that. You're right. Why? Because I love him. And love puts up with a lot. And love never quits. And love never ends. And you and I are called to live a life to understand the hurts and pains of love. And to understand the joys and the blessings of love. And God says, look, every day you're going to wake up and you get to choose how you're going to live this day. Are you going to live it sneaking into church, trying to get by where nobody notices, getting to your special seat that you always set in? And then hurry up and getting out. Because after all, <laughs> these people don't understand me. I don't want them to know about me. I don't want to have to deal with that. It's too hard. It's too difficult. And you leave on your own. And you stay alone. Or will you choose to wake up in the day and say, okay, God. This life is not to be lived for me today. It's to be lived for we, for us, for others. Jesus Christ came to this world not to live for himself, but to live for you and me. And he gave up his life for me. And he calls us to live the same way he says, look, I didn't put you on this planet to be alone. I didn't put you here so that you could just exist and do your thing and be, have your independence and think you can do whatever you want to do. I put you here to serve. 
I put you here for other people because other people need you and you need them. And I want to help you grow up and the relationships will put you into that position where you have to grow up, where you learn how to give, where you learn not to have to have your way and you get to learn the joy of being together and serving one God together. So this week, every day, every morning, when you begin your day, you will need to ask yourself, who am I going to live for today? Now, before this message, you might say, oh, I'm going to live for God. Good. Do you understand what that means? Sure. I'm going to live for God. No, no, no. That means you're going to live for others. That means you're going to live for people. You're going to take your life and you're going to invest it in the lives of other people. And the people that come across your path in the day will know and experience the love of God. And you won't get your way and you don't have to have your opinion expressed and people won't listen to you, but they will notice and God will notice. And he will use you. So today, when you got up, Eh, I guess I'll go to church. No, you get to come and be with family. You get to love one another. You get to be together. And every day when you wake up, God gives you a choice. Are you going to live the day selfishly for yourself? Or are you going to live for others? Well, I'll live for others. I'll just live for my family. No, 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 no. Everyone, anyone, brothers and sisters in Christ, I live for them. My choice every day, right? An everyday choice. And how you make that choice determines the value of your life and the joy that you will have from it. Choose wisely. And maybe there's some of you here today, you've never accepted Christ and you've just lived your whole life for you. And you know that this morning you need to change that. And I would encourage you in the next few moments to take the opportunity to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry, I've just been selfish and lived for me. I want to live for you. Forgive me, help me. And he'll hear that prayer. Let's pray. Lord, today the world tries to sell it its way of living. And its way of living is very selfish. Its way of living just has to do with the moment. It has to do with our own wants, our own wishes, and what I think is best and what I want most. And if we're not careful, we'll allow that way of thinking to enter into our hearts and our minds. And then we wonder why there's emptiness. Because you made us, created us, so that we could serve one another. So that we could grow in our love for you by growing in our love for others. It's not about what we want. It's about what you want. So would you help us to live a life where every day when we wake up, we make the choice to serve. Thank you for the life available to us today. In thy name we pray.
Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.